What's up? It's JJ with Goodies and Two Shoes, and thank you for tuning in to the Good Talk Podcast. If you don't already follow us on socials, on IG, follow us at Goodies and Two Shoes, YouTube at Goodies and Two Shoes, Twitter at Two underscore Goodies, and on TikTok, Goodies dot the letter N, the number two dot shoes. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, adults, man. Shit, crazy. Hey, real life, I hate hip hop, bro. I really do. I hate, I hate hip hop. I'm letting this rock, though. I'm letting this rock today. R.I.P. Young Dolph. You know how the game go. I'm your host, JJ. Feel great to be back. JJ, appreciate you tuning in. Again, rest in peace, Young Dolph. Um, it's just really, it, it's wicked out here, bro. It's wicked out here. Real life, bro. Like, really is, man. Staple in his community. You know, family, man. Just, it's just really sad, man. Really sad situation. Um, I don't get mad. Nah, what more I can you say, really? Uh, like you don't already follow the page at G2S Good Talk Pod, at Goodies and Two Shoes. Those are both IG handles on Twitter. Follow us at Two underscore Goodies. Um, TikTok at Goodies dot the letter N, the number two dot shoes. Uh, YouTube, Goodies and Two Shoes. Uh, and yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm going to let this last one rock and then we'll jump right into it. We got a very busy sh- uh, very busy show. Uh, a lot to get through. Golden State Warriors playing the best basketball in the NBA. Um, what else? The Rams get clipped on the road. I mean, I, 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 
I came in here two weeks ago and I said when Odell Beckham got signed, the Rams became the best team in the league or in the NFC. I'm not 100% sure about that anymore. So we'll touch on that. Um, couple of news stories. The, the disturbing video that of Zach Stacy. I mean, I that nigga should be killed, really. And I hate to say that. I've been trying to work on, you know, not using profanity and all of that stuff before the five to ten minute point. But the nigga deserved to get killed, bro. For real, for real. God honest truth, because I don't want to hear about CTE. I don't want to hear about none of that as an excuse. So we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that um, as well. We'll look at what the Patriots did and what their season entails going forward or what that game entails for their season going forward. Excuse me. So, yeah, man, we got a lot to get through. We got a lot to get through, man. So we'll just let this rock. Pulled off in a wraith, yeah. And then we'll pulled get to it. Pulled up in a Porsche, yeah. Pulled off in a wraith, yeah. Pulled up in a Porsche, yeah. Pulled off in a wraith. I saw my old bitch yesterday. You should have seen her face. Pulled up in a Porsche, yeah. Pulled up in a Porsche, yeah. Pulled off in a wraith, yeah. Pulled up in a Porsche, yeah. Pulled off in a wraith. I saw my old bitch yesterday. You should have seen her face. Pull up in the Porsche, yeah. That bitch too anemic. Uh, got that Rolls Royce. That bitch too conceited. Then I got them feet. Had to get them petty. Bokeisha the Audi. Y'all other niggas petty. Bet you ain't got more money than in harmony in heaven. Flat black Chevy. Flat black Mac 11. I'm rolling up by the pound. You rolling up by the seven. Walk in the room with a black and white fur. That bitch that look like a panda. I put the slang at the ground. I just might loan your family. I do this shit for a night. Shoot that bitch up with a cannon. All that I want is some act. Whip that shit up with a phantom. Niggas don't know how to act. When I pull up, bitch, you pull out the cameras. Pulled up in a Porsche. Pulled off in a Wraith. Pulled up in a Porsche. Pulled off in a Wraith. Pulled up in a Porsche. Pulled off in a Wraith. I saw my old bitch yesterday. You should have seen her face. Pulled up in a Porsche. Pulled off in a Wraith. Pulled up in a Porsche. Pulled off in a Wraith. Also, shout out to Julius Jones. He ain't do that shit. He ain't do that shit. The mayor, no, or the governor, whoever commuted his, his sentence, he ain't do that shit. They need to revisit that trial, for real, for real. He ain't do that. He ain't do that. Real shit. Do your research. Y'all do y'all research, man. Let's get into the show, man. Let's get into the show. Again, uh, I'm honored to be back. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in. I'm in a, you know, I'm high spirits, high energy today. I will be in BOA this weekend. So if you see me, say what's up. Because Cam is back. Moses is back. And really, that's all I'm going to really say about the Carolina Panthers today. Because I know, you know, we're not the most relevant team in the NFL right now. So I'll try to keep the podcast relevant for you. If you do want to hear more, um, about uh, more of my takes on the Carolina Panthers and what we have going on this year so far, um, the season at hand, spe- uh, specific matchups and things of that nature. Tune into FPFO. Um, currently, we're dropping uh, FPFO um, under Good Talk still, but probably at the top of the year, maybe February, March, sometime in that. Uh, some some at some point in time. Uh, we will go ahead and split that up. But right now, it is going to be dropping under Good Talk. So wherever you find Good Talk on all DSPs, 
you have the ability to find FPFO for Panthers fans only as well. Um, and that is also on YouTube, um, on the YouTube channel. So let's get into it, man. Um, again, shout out to Julius Jones, you know, um, had his, his, uh, his sentence commuted. He was scheduled to, to be executed tomorrow for, you know, a, 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 a murder that if you look at the facts and the evidence, he didn't commit. So, you know, another opportunity at life for him. So, you know, it's a blessing. One more time, rest in peace, young Dolph, man. It's just, I was torn up. I recorded FPFO, um, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Wednesday afternoon, I recorded FPFO. Um, and then legitimately 10, 15 minutes after I was done recording, man, I found out that, that young Dolph had been shot and murdered or shot and killed, excuse me. Um, shortly after we were done recording. So very, very sad situation, man. Just pray for peace over his family. Um, again, I say I hate hip hop, bro, because, you know, it, it, this happens too often, man. This hot, this happens way too often. Um, you know, beef, street beefs and stuff like that. Like, you know, it, it, to a certain degree, it's good for the entertainment. It's good for your pockets to a certain degree. But then when, when real life shit happened, real life shit hit the fan, you know, this is this is this is how we're left as fans. This is how, you know, your family is left, you know, without a father, without a husband, etc. So, like I say, man, right now I just I, I despise the state of hip hop, um, and it's just, it's just really sad, bro. It really is. It's just really sad. Um, so if you are an artist out there, man, keep your head and your nose clean, bro, because. With the resources that we currently have in the music industry, the resources that we have on the internet, social media, etc., you don't gotta you don't gotta be one of them. You really don't. You don't gotta be one of them ones that's really outside banging, really putting in work, etc. You can't be an artist and a trap star at the same time, man. It just will not work out for you. And unfortunately, that's what we've seen uh with the, the the demise, excuse me, of Young Dolph, man. So rest in peace, Dolph. Uh, and yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get started with the show. Take a look at some of our scores from last night. In the NFL, the New England Patriots dismantled the Falcons in Atlanta, twenty-five to zero. This was the first time the Falcons have been shut out at home since October 9th, nineteen eighty-eight. Um, 22 or 26 for 207 yards with a touchdown and an interception for rookie quarterback Matt Jones. Only two touchdowns of the game came from Nelson Aguilar and Kyle Van Noy on a pick six um, as the Patriots move to seven and four on the season. Listen, I know a lot of people right now in the media and things of that nature are hype on um, the New England Patriots and what they currently have going on. Mm, I think that. They have to show me a little more. Now, I, I know that everybody knows how I feel about Mac Jones. I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan. Actually, I despise Mac Jones. I'll just be honest with you. Um, so that may play a role into me not wanting to necessarily, you know, give them the credit I guess they deserve. 
um, because they have been playing great football. They've been playing exceptional football, actually, um, the past couple of weeks or whatever may have you. Um, but I'm not I'm not ready to, you know, crown them yet. I'm, I'm really not. But with the way the NFL is right now, you know, anybody can win on any given Sunday. And to me, that means anybody can make the Super Bowl. Anybody can make a pl- uh, push in the playoffs. So with the New England Patriots playing the way they currently are, who knows? Um, I know that they do face the Bills, I want to say, two times in the last three weeks of the season. So that really will be their challenge. Um, they have a very challenging schedule coming up. Um, let me see. I'll pull that up real quick so we can move on with our scores. Let's take a look. <clears throat> so they have Tennessee, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Buffalo again. So those next four games, that's really going to be the test. And that's really going to see. Uh, that's really going to let me know how I need to look at the New England Patriots going forward um, this year. Um, moving on to the NBA, Golden State fights back in Cleveland, 104 to 89. The Warriors trailed by 13 going into the fourth quarter, then proceeded to outscore the Cavaliers 36 to 8 in the final period of play. Steph Curry puts on yet another show with 40 points, four boards, and six assists. Um, 9 of 16 from the 3 from him as well Draymond had 4 and 14 12 from Wiggins and 14 from Bielisa off the bench um, the Warriors moved to uh, 13 and 2 and would seem to be the team to beat out of the Western Conference um, big Eastern Conference matchup in Day County last night as the Heat defeat the Wizards 112 to 97 before y'all even say anything I wore my Heat jersey but it wasn't because they won last night or because they got a big win last night I'm just wrecking. I'm just repping D Wade today. I just felt like rocking my D Wade jersey. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, Jimmy Butler continues to silence his critics as he, as he went for 32, three and five on 11 of 19 shooting, 20 and nine from Bam, uh, 15 for PJ Walker, 18 off the bench from second year guy Gabe Vincent. Um, for the Warriors, Bradley Bill did what he could. Um, he went for 36 and five. Kyle Kuzma contributed. A double-double with 19 points and 13 rebounds on 7 of 12 shooting. Um, with the win, the Heat moved to the number one slot in the East as they win their fourth straight game. The Miami Heat are playing great basketball, as are as is Golden State, um, or as are the Golden State Warriors. Um, so to me, and I'll just be honest, if I had to give you a, a, a prediction for what I feel as though is going to happen come... April, May, June, I believe that the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors will be the teams to watch in their respective conferences. I do. And if Golden State has to meet Miami in the in the championship, that to me would be extremely interesting. I'll just be honest with you. Um, and that is all that we have for our score. So we will move on. Um, again, both of those teams that I highlighted in the NBA um, Golden State with their win against Cleveland and then Miami with their win against the Washington Wizards. Both of those teams are currently in first place of their respective com- uh, conferences. So, again, that'll be something to watch going forward. Um, and we'll see how it plays out, man. It's still really, really early. I was on Clubhouse the other day, man, and just we'll get into it because, listen, the way Golden State is, matter of fact, Let's just go there right now. Now I'm I'm going a little off. I'm going a little off, off schedule or whatever may have you. But let's just talk about it right now since since this is where we're at. Uh, it's undeniable, really, 
what Golden State right uh what Golden State is currently doing. It is. It is. Listen, I'm not I know I do a lot of hating. I know I do. But that's the thing about sometimes being a hater is that you got to admit that you hating. Cuz then it really don't make it that bad. <laughs> The problem with hating is when you can't acknowledge that you hating. I be hating on Golden State, bro. I don't rock, I don't like them. I don't rock with them. You know, uh, I, I don't wish them any success or whatever may have. I don't. I, I just simply do not like the organization. I don't like Steph Curry, etc. Honestly, and I know that. I can be honest. I'm a hater. It's fine because I can admit when I'm hating. But in that same breath. I mean, they're, the way they're playing right now is just absolutely phenomenal, man. Listen, 13-2, and two, and that's what I was telling people on Clubhouse, to, to circle back to that point. Talking to, talking to people on Clubhouse, and they already done crown Golden State. And I'm just like, bro, y'all realize that we're 13, 14, 15 games in the season, right? So that's why I haven't really been, you know, talking about basketball as much or whatever may have you because really the significance of the season right now is just so minute for lack of better terms it really is um but what golden state is doing with the with the roster that they've that they've accumulated so to speak um with steph curry seeming like he is that guy and really not seeming like i'm gonna come out and say this as well because this was something that i said about a month and a half, maybe two months ago, that I was completely wrong about. At some point, and I believe it might have happened when Kevin Durant was a part of the Golden State Warriors when they won that championship, when he joined the 73 and 19. At some point, what a lot of us did in the NBA community, and I say us because I was one of the ones, at some point, what we did was we automatically put Kevin Durant as the best player in the world. And again, I was guilty of it about a month and a half, two months ago. I came in here and I said, you know, KD was starting to rub off on me. Um, I felt like he was the best player in the NBA. But for some reason, and again, I'm guilty of this as well. For some reason, Steph Curry was never even a thought. Steph Curry was always, for me, he was, yes, he was top five, but he was never at that level. At this point, you just simply can't say that. You can't. Steph Curry this year, let's take a look at his stats. Um, 29 and a half, six rebounds and six assists. 29 and a half points per game, six rebounds per game, and six and a half assists per game. That to me is really like, it, there's nothing else that you can say besides he's playing God level basketball. He hit nine threes again last night, which I think in his career, he's done it like 39 times. It's just unfathomable, really. And it really makes me sick that I even have to come in here and acknowledge what he's doing this way. But it has to be talked about. It does, because, again, I was one of the ones that automatically skipped him and put Kevin Durant on that level. Don't get me wrong. Kevin Durant is still a walking bucket. Kevin Durant is still one of the best players in the league. But if we're looking at the facts and we're looking on a day-to-day basis, night in, night out, if we're looking at all the big games, if we're looking at the roster that, that both of these teams have and who's, who's doing more with less, the simple fact of the matter is that Steph Curry 
And this just pains me to say, like, I feel my stomach bubbling already. Like, honestly, it pains me to say. Simple fact of the matter is, with LeBron being in year 19, with him being hurt the past three years, you know, with Kevin Durant getting blasted in his head by Steph Curry a couple nights ago, You know, with Luka Doncic playing as well as he's been playing, but him having the ball 85 to 90% of the, the offensive possession every time they go down the court, I have to, you know, disregard him to a certain degree. So to come back to my original point, the simple fact of the matter is Steph Curry is the best play, the best basketball player on the planet. He is. And I mean... You can argue and make, you know, your points for whoever you feel. But at the end of the day, the facts are the facts. And at some point, the eye test has to come into play. At some point, it can't just be about the body of work. And I think that for me personally, because I'm a LeBron fan, I know at, at points when I'm arguing certain things, you know, I look at his body of work as a whole. And I make the argument for LeBron still being the best player in the NBA, you know. But if we're talking about right now, currently this season, if somebody came over here or or somebody started watching basketball and knew nothing about basketball and they asked you who's the best player in the NBA right now, who's the greatest player in the world, I think you would be dumb as hell to not say Steph Curry. I really do. So, you know, I I, I want to obviously I want to stay on the NFL talks and stuff like that since we're in the midst of the season. You know, it's it's really winning time for for a lot of teams, but I I really just had to get that off my chest because it's just facts, bro. It's just facts. No matter how much I hate the nigga, no matter how much I hate the organization, you know. No matter how much I hate the 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 fan base. Really, they're not really fans. They bandwagoners, but it's okay. I'll let them have it. You know, I just got to be honest, bro. I do. And Steph Curry is playing the best basketball on the planet, as are the Golden State Warriors. All right, let's try and get back get back on on track a little bit here. Um, Let's look. take a look at our game of the week. I don't remember, don't recall what our last game of the week was. Um, let's see if I can, let's see if I can just find that real quick. Just so I can see how it played out. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, okay, I think we addressed this one already, but um, Titans and Rams... Who won that game? I don't remember. Let's take a look. Uh, sorry for the delay. I do apologize. Should have done this in preparation. Titans and Rams. So the Titans ended up winning that game. Uh, let's see. 28-16. That was in L.A. Um, and that that's very interesting to note too. But I had who did I have winning that game? 
I had the Rams because um, I, I felt as though I do remember now. I felt as though um, the Titans wouldn't be able to bounce back from the loss of Derrick Henry. I thought that there was a lot of things going against them. Um, and then they were playing L.A. in L.A. And I felt like that would be, you know, a contributing factor to the game. So long story short, um, I did lose the last game of the week matchup. Um, but let's try and get back on track this week. This week, our game of the week is the Cowboys and Chiefs. The Chiefs are currently favored by two and a half points. Um, they are in Arrowhead. So that is something to highlight. Um, the Chiefs are coming off of a, a big win, but so are the Cowboys. Um, so for me personally, my game of the week, again, is the Cowboys and Chiefs, and I have the Cowboys by three points. Um, reason why I wanted to highlight this matchup is because of the fact that I feel like it's a test for both teams. It's a test for both teams. Now, I know the past month or so, a lot of us have completely disregarded the Kansas City Chiefs. We have. I mean, that's, that, that, that's undeniable. A lot of us have completely disregarded the Kansas City Chiefs. But since then, the Kansas City Chiefs have won three straight games. They beat New York. They followed that up by beating uh, Green Bay. And then last week, they beat the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're on the upper, they're on an upper trajectory from the, from the looks of it. And for the Dallas Cowboys... They made a statement Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. 43-3 was the, the score of that game. 40-point uh, uh, victory for them. So this really is a test. It really is a test for both teams. For me, for Kansas City, is the question simply is, are you actually back? Because, I don't. again, it's the same thing with the New England Patriots. I don't want to overreact. I don't. So the question is for Kansas City, are they actually back? Are you actually back? Because now you're going up against another high-powered offense, and we've seen how pedestrian uh, that defense has been. And pedestrian is really just a friendly word, uh, a friendly way of seeing, uh, of saying absolute garbage has that defense been for Kansas City. You know. It's taking Pat and Tyreek and Trav. It's taking them a little while to get going. So we'll see if they're able to keep going against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but but what I want to take a look at again, really, the, the approach for the Kansas City Chiefs really has to be, or the question for Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs and their fan base is can this defense win us a championship? Because right now, the way the Kansas City Chiefs have performed the last two to three years, uh, it's really championship or bust. Because even if they make their playoffs and they exit in the first or second round, that's to me, that's a failure. And I think that we will all agree because I feel as though a lot of us had the Kansas City Chiefs favor to win the AFC. So right now, it's championship or bust. Can this, can this defense win you a championship? I, I feel as though... This is the challenge that they need. And this one will tell us a lot about the truth about the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Dallas Cowboys, 
we see you put up 43 points against the Atlanta Falcons, but can you do that in the game of the week? America's game of the week, not not Goody's game of the week. Can you do that in America's game of the week? Excuse me. Can you put together another great team win? Because that team, the 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 whole team dominated every part of the game against the Atlanta Falcons. So the question for the Dallas Cowboys is, can you put together another great team win? Because we just saw you get clipped against Denver. Now, for me personally, for me personally, I talked that up as a fluke game. I just feel like that was a trap game. That game to me, it meant nothing. It meant nothing at all. Dak Prescott was coming off of an injury. They would uh, Dallas Cowboys were dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, it was it really just was a trap game. It didn't play well at all. But to me, again, can you put together another team win against another football team, which seems as though it's on its way up? Oh, and might I might I add the defending AFC champions because they still are that. No matter how we look at it, they still are that. So this is a very intriguing matchup. Very intriguing matchup. I think that um this could this could really define the season of the Cowboys and or the Chiefs. Honestly, I think that this is a major win for whoever ends up pulling it out. And I feel as though that momentum will be crucial going into this the last, what, seven weeks of this season. Um, so let's move on just real quick. Uh, we'll go over some sports news here. Uh, just, just some highlights. I won't say much on it, um, but I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll hit some of the points and then we'll get to some of our stories um, and then wrap up with mailbag and the best thing that I saw as well as, you know, the song of the week. But let's let's take a look here. Um, not much that I wanted to highlight. Um, I did want to touch on Shohei Otani winning the AL MVP, deservedly so. He had a historic season this year. Home runs, defense, etc. Really just playing, you know, top gun baseball out there. Rec League, Babe, uh, Babe Ruth League Baseball. He's all over the field. So deservedly, uh, deservedly so, Shohei Otani wins the AL MVP. And on the NL side of things, Bryce Harper wins his second MVP award um, of his career. So round of applause for those guys. So that's a major feat. That's a major feat. Like I said, Shohei Otani, to me, it was a guarantee that he won the AL MVP just based on the history that he made this year. You couldn't give it to anybody else. And then for Bryce Harper, another splendid year for him as well. Um, reassuring people that he is still one of the top talents in baseball. And it, it's just that simple. Uh, moving on to our next highlight. Um, AB got a fake vaccine card. I mean, this nigga, bro. <laughs> this nigga. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I really don't. I, I don't know what to say. AB's lawyers came out and said that, you know, the, the reports were false, whatever may have you. But if I know AB, like the rest of us know AB, which is through the media, you know, and, and public perception, I wouldn't put this, I wouldn't put this, this past him. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. So we'll see how that, that plays out. Um, it doesn't seem as though 
there has been any immediate effect or any immediate repercussions for that should it come out and be true but again we'll watch and see how that story plays out um and then my last one we have a huge boxing match this weekend if you're into that uh bud crawford versus sean porter um terrence crawford is 37 and 0 and sean porter is 31 3 and 1 um but this is this and again i'll just touch on this real quick and then we'll move on this is a prove it fight for me as it pertains to terrence crawford this is a prove it fight because he's not a you know he's not a huge draw He's not a pay-per-view guy, whatever may have you. He's not a guy that's going to do, you know, 100 million sales on pay-per-view. But in order for you to get to that level, which I know Terrence Crawford wants, these are the fights that you have to win. This is a huge opponent for him, for uh, Terrence Crawford. Sean Porter is a dog, and he really got that power. He really be letting them things go. So I this is a very intriguing matchup as well. Um, and I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. I believe that that car starts at 9:30. I don't want to mislead y'all. So if you're interested in looking at the fight, just just check in on that. I believe it's 9:30. I'm not hundred percent sure. But again, this will be this is one of the more intriguing uh matchups that we've had all year. Um so yeah. Definitely tune into that. I will be tuned in and locked in. Um, hopefully, I will be in Charlotte by that point. Um, and, and we'll be able to kick back and watch that. Um, all right, so let's get to let's get to some of our stories. Let's see where, where we're going to go with this. So let's start here. Um, a lot of y'all have been asking me, you know, who, who I felt like the best teams in the NFL are. Who do I feel like will make a push when it comes to you know, January, February. Uh, so this is where I'll start with our stories. Um, I will start by giving you my top five NFL teams. I'll go into a little bit of detail. I don't want to stay here too long. Um, but here it is. So my top five, and I'll start from the bottom. I won't give you number one from the beginning. Top five. At number five, I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, at number four, I have the Los Angeles Rams. At number three, I have the Tennessee Titans. At number two, I have the Dallas Cowboys. And at number one, I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think that right now, I think that these are the five teams that have a shot to make a title push. Yes, the Buccaneers are not on this list. They are not because the Buccaneers really this year haven't showed me that they have the ability, you know, to make another push for a chip. I just don't see it. So they're not on my list. Um, Kansas City, they still haven't. They still have a lot to prove to me. They're not on the list either. Uh, I've, I've been seeing a couple top five lists that still have Kansas City up there. No, I'm just going to tell y'all what I've seen this year. And what that has been has been Green Bay, Dallas, Tennessee, L.A., and Buffalo. Um, for the Bills, and I'll, I'll just hit a couple points here. For the Bills, what makes them special to me is the fact that they have Josh Allen. And that really 
it, it, that's really all you need is that type of quarterback with that type of energy, with that type of attitude, with that type of drive to make a push. Now, we know the Buffalo Bills, they made a little run last year. I want to say they made it to the AFC Championship, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, they have the possibility to do that again. And again, they also have the possibility of making the championship. They do. So that's that on that. The thing I want to highlight about the Buffalo Bills, again, why I have them on my top five is because of simply Josh Allen. For the L.A. Rams, I mean, it's a show on turf. And we're gonna, we'll, we'll dive into them, too. Matter of fact, we'll touch on the Rams right after this because I don't know what happened Monday against San Francisco. I really don't. Actually, I do. I know exactly what happened. I do. I'm lying. The 49ers came out and they punched the L.A. Rams in the mouth. And so now I only had I only put the Rams up there still simply because I feel as though, you know, that won't happen again. But that Monday night matchup showed me a lot about the LA Rams. But they're still, again, they're still on my list. They're still a top five in a uh, top five team in the NFL. So the LA Rams are there. They have the they have the 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 head coach, one of the better head coaches in the league to me, in my opinion. They have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and Cooper Cup on their roster. They have a, 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 a multi-dimensional running back in Darrell Henderson. The addition of Von Miller and Odell Beckham doesn't hurt their shots at all, in my opinion. And then, of course, anchoring your defense, you have Jalen Ramsey. So um, the Rams are just one of those teams where, where they're just put, to, put together very well. And, and, and still should be viewed, in my opinion, still should be viewed as one of the best teams in the NFC as well as one of the best teams in the NFL. They do. Number three, the Tennessee Titans. We all thought, and I know we all thought this, so don't, don't try to lie to me. Don't try to lie to me. Don't try to lie to yourself. We all thought when Derrick Henry went down that that was the end of the Tennessee Titans. We did. Yet, what have they come back and done? Since the, since the Derrick Henry injury, they clipped the Rams and they clipped the Saints. Two very, two very, very well put together football teams. Now, I know the New Orleans Saints games, I, I know there was a lot of questionable calls. I haven't gotten a chance to go back and look at that game yet. Um, but from what I've heard and saw on Twitter and things of that nature, I heard there was a lot of questionable calls. But listen, that that's any time. Any game in the NFL, especially this year, I've been vocal about that. Y'all know I'm a referee. But I've been vocal about that and saying that the NFL and the officiating that's going on currently in the league has just been atrocious. Has been an atrocity. So... You know, there's been questionable calls every game of every every week of uh, this whole year. So, again, 23 to 21 against the Saints last week. Um, the previous week, they clipped the Rams in L.A. again. And that's another thing that I'm going to highlight about the Rams. Every time it seems as though they, they play a good team or a team that's on the same level as them, 
they get blasted in the fucking mouth. And I hate to word it like that, but it's just that simple. And we'll, we'll, But we'll dive into it. We'll dive into it a little bit more. But for the Tennessee Titans, again, very well put together. Ryan Tannehill seems to have, you know, gotten it together. Starting to make some of the throws we've known him to make the past two or three years. The same throws that have placed him in certain MVP conversations at times in the past. So they still have a shot as well, especially with that defense, the way the way they fly around the field and they come and hit. And then the receiving core doesn't hurt either. Um, for, for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, y'all know how I feel about the Cowboys. I've been I've been talking about the Cowboys all year. I'm a huge Dak Prescott fan. Have been for for many many years before he even got to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, just the, the the ability of the offense to score points, and I think that's gonna that's gonna propel them to the next level. With being led by Dak Prescott and his, and his leadership ability, for one, and then number two, the fact that he can back that leadership up with his play. Ezekiel Elliott and the way he's been running the football this year. I want to say he's a top five, top six running back in yardage this year. Um, C.D. Lamb, he's he's officially coming to his own. It's right for the league as it pertains to guarding, being able to guard him with just one player or just a single high because it's just not going to happen no more. You can't do it. So that coupled with the fact that, you know, they have Trayvon Diggs. He's playing at an elite level this year. Rookie Michael Parsons, he's pretty much stamped to be the defensive um, rookie of the year. They might as well wrap that award up and, and ship it to Dallas. Um, I, I I don't even know who I said. I think I said Michael Parsons. That's who I was referring to if I didn't. If I didn't say that, that's who I was referring to was Michael Parsons. Um, then, like I said, Michael Parsons, Trayvon, the front four that they have with that, that pass rush with D-Law, Randy Gregory, you know, those guys. Um, they're just a really well uh, really well put together team. Really well put together team, high power offense, and a defense that complements that. I won't say that that defense lives up to the level of play as the offense, <clears throat> excuse me, but the defense complements the offense well enough for them to win big time games if, if Dak Prescott decides to put on a show. And, and, and he has the ability to do that on any given week. And then number one, the Green Bay Packers. Week one, I'll, I'll circle back to this point again because every single year, you know, every single year, it seems for the past two or three years, the, the Green Bay Packers suffer a big loss at the start of the season, whether it be week one or week two, whatever may have you, very early in the season, Motherfuckers start jumping to conclusions, this and that. Are they done? Is Aaron Rodgers' time up? And every single time, Aaron Rodgers tells us to relax, to calm down. This year has been no different. They lost to the Saints earlier in the year. Since then, they've played great football. And it's not like the offense is coming out putting up 45, 50 points a game. They're really, they're really relying on their defense. For a lot of these games They are So That to me Is the backbone of that team The defense And of course It does not hurt That you have Super Bowl champion 
Aaron Rodgers under center, and then one of the best wide receivers in the league in Devontae Adams on the outside, and Aaron Jones in the backfield. Now, I do know Aaron Jones suffered his injury, and he'll be out for, for a certain amount of time. I'm not sure if that's three or four weeks, whatever may have you. But the way A.J. Dillon ran the ball the other uh, – the way AJ Dillon ran the ball against Seattle, I mean, it should be it should be no worries. It should be no worries. Just to highlight Green Bay and some of the, the teams that they face again, 38 to 3 to start the year off against the Saints. And then they proceed to beat the Lions, 35 to 17, which everybody's beating the Lions except for Baltimore. Or excuse me, except for Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know. They bum ass. They tying with with Detroit. Now I know all of their starters were down or whatever may have you, but even your backups, in my opinion, should be able to beat the Detroit Lions. But that's neither here nor there. That's not part of the conversation. They beat Detroit. Um, they proceed to beat the 49ers, beat Pittsburgh, beat Cincy, beat Chicago, beat Washington, beat the Arizona Cardinals, which a lot of people have as their favorites to win the NFC. I just simply don't see it. Because you know what my gang did against them niggas Sunday. Now, I know Colin Murray was down. I do. I know Colin Murray was down. I know DeAndre Hopkins was down. I do. But I feel as though what made them great to start off the year was the fact that they could put up a lot of points and their defense was top level, top tier. And Sunday, I just did not see that. So they clipped the Cardinals. And then they they lose against the Kansas City Chiefs, but then follow up that performance with a shutout against the Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, to me, Green Bay is the best team in the league. I truly feel that way. That loss against the Kansas City Chiefs came when Aaron Rodgers was down because he had COVID. He lied about his COVID test. But, yeah, so... That's where we're at, man. Again, one more time from one to five this go-round. Green Bay, Dallas, Tennessee, L.A., and Buffalo. And that uh, the top five list, that, that really leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about. And I just want to pose the question, you know, are the, are the Los Angeles Rams for real? That's the question that I want to pose to, to you, the listener, and I'll pose it to myself and I'll kind of give you how I feel and, and my take on that football team right now. Because a couple weeks ago, I did come in here and say that, or excuse yeah, two weeks ago, I want to say, I did come in here and say that the Los Angeles Rams were the second or were the best team in the NFC. But the simple fact of the matter is that's that that really just might not be it might not be true. Honestly, it might not be true. Um, the Rams are currently eight and three, I believe. Let me take a look because I want to make sure that I'm correct on that. Seven and three, pardon me. So they're currently seven and three, second in the NFC West. Um, but dude, Monday night, I get back in town, went to visit Jerry World. I get back, go chill with my boys, whatever may have you, you know, watch the game with them. And the Rams get absolutely obliterated. And I'm not talking about like, you know, just high points just didn't seem like 
you know, they they didn't have an answer for anything that the the 49ers were doing offensively, etc. It wasn't one of those games. It was like, bro, you got punched in the mouth, bro. Like you got dominated. You got dominated. I don't know if the San Francisco 49ers were just more motivated. You know, I don't know uh, if they just had a better game plan or what. But I'm just telling you what I saw. And what I saw to me personally, what that looked like, what it looked like was the Los Angeles Rams are extremely soft. That's what it looked like to me. Because from the first kickoff, the 49ers were coming and drilling shit, dog, on both sides of the football. The viral video of George Kittle pancaking Von Miller, the way both uh, all of their running backs were running the football, Eli, uh, Eli Mitchell, 20, uh, 27 carries for 91 yards, Debo out of the backfield with that new formation they tried, five carries for 36 yards. Jeff Wilson, 28 yards on the ground as well. They, they, they really just was punching him in the mouth, bro. And then Debo just put on a show against one of the best corners in the league. And I say that with all due respect because I do feel as though Jalen Ramsey is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But I'm just telling you, if you can't put it together against a team like the San Francisco 49ers, who are currently, let's take a look at their record. Currently four and five have been playing average football. Their their record speaks to that. If you can't put it together and get it done against them, why should I believe that you should go into, you know, Green Bay in the snow in the playoffs and go win a, uh, uh, and go win a football game? Why should I believe that you have the ability to go to Dallas and Jerry World? With that fan base And win a game Why should I believe You can fly to the desert And beat one of the more High power offenses In the NFL In the Arizona Cardinals Why should I believe that Because Again Monday night showed me a lot And maybe You know Maybe I'm tripping And maybe this was just one of those things, just like how Dallas had their game two weeks ago against the Denver Broncos. Maybe this was just one of those things where it was just a trap game. Maybe. But to me, trap games simply don't occur in your division. Monday night, San Francisco looked like a much better football team than the Los Angeles Rams. And that, to me, is a red flag. It is because we've been gassing the Rams. We've been saying all year the Rams have been one of the best uh, teams in the league. We've been saying that Matthew Stafford was an MVP candidate. They've been treating Sean McVay like Jesus for the past three or four years. But now when we get to the back half of the season and you have a big matchup against an interdivision opponent, you get blasted in your mouth. Because I'm going to say this as well. I know how we was feeling about Matthew Stafford. Well, I won't say we. This one, I won't, I won't bunch us all together. I know how I was feeling about Matthew Stafford the first couple weeks. Or maybe even the first half of the season. My apologies. I know how I was feeling about him. Like I say, like he was an MVP candidate. 
Monday, he looked like the same old Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions. Another red flag. So who are the, who who really are the true LA Rams? Because listen, I'm I'm gonna close this topic soon. Um, but I'll go over a couple of stats just from Monday. Let's let's go over a couple of stats, and then we're gonna take a look at the Los Angeles Rams schedule. Because when I when I start saying some of these games and I start highlighting some of these things, y'all are gonna feel where I'm coming from. Because it's very intriguing when you look at it in hindsight. From an outsider's perspective, it's very intriguing when you look at their schedule and how it's played out for them. It really is. So let's just take a look. Um, yeah, like I stated, they came out, got punched in the mouth. Jimmy Garoppolo went for 15 and 19 for 182 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, I told you all with Eli Mitchell, Debo, Jeff Wilson, those guys, what they did on the ground. Debo also had five catches for 97 yards. George Kittle had five catches for 50 yards. Um, then we go take a look at the Rams offensively. Matthew Stafford, like I said, he looked very pedestrian. He looked garbage. He looked shell-shocked. Very loose with the football. 26 of 41 for 243 yards. A touchdown, one touchdown, two picks. His average, his average completion. 9.3 yards. That to me ain't gonna get it done. And two picks definitely ain't gonna get it done. Not when you gotta face high power offenses in the NFC. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna work for you. There uh Darrell Henderson, uh five rushes for 31 yards. They just got punched in the mouth. They got blasted from the jump, like I stated. So they couldn't run the football but 10 times total. That to me is not winning football because you have to have some sort of a run game. You do. Um, Sonny Michelle, four rushes for 20 yards. Cooper Cup, 11 for 122. Newly added Odell Beckham, two catches for 18 yards. And what I don't want to happen, as I speak on Odell Beckham, what I don't want to happen is I don't want Matthew Stafford to feel as though he has to force Odell Beckham the ball because that's what happened on the first drive, and that's what led to the San Francisco 49ers taking an early lead on the Rams because that's all that was. Throws it 10 yards over his head, right to the safety, and now the other team is driving. Now the 49ers are driving down the field. So that's what I don't want to happen. I don't want it to be anything forced. Um, again, 11 for 122 for Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson, three catches for 54 yards. Um, then a lot of other catches that went for the bare minimum amount of yardage. Uh, so, yeah, man, the L.A. Rams got blasted in their mouth Monday. And I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about this team any longer. Because um, we'll just take a look. Okay, so they played the Chicago Bears, beat them by 20. Then they just slipped by the Indianapolis Colts week two with a bum-ass quarterback going up against a soft-ass team. But they just slipped by 27 to 24. Then, okay, so week three, again... I, I, I'm able to take you kind of through my thought process throughout the year as it pertains to, to the LA Rams. So I'm thinking, you know, your first two games, yeah, you beat the Bears and you beat the Colts. Congratulations. Round of applause, whatever may have you. Fuck that. Listen, this is the challenge. Go play Tampa Bay. 
and show me. They come out. They really dominated Tampa Bay. 24 to 34 doesn't seem as though that's dominance, but they dominated Tampa Bay in that game. Because I remember that game vividly. And they came out and they punched Tampa Bay in the mouth. So, okay, so now I'm thinking of you as, oh, so you really are one of them ones. You are. But then you come back against the Arizona Cardinals, another test, and you get blasted by 17 at home. And then you proceed to have four consecutive soft matchups. Seattle, with all due respect to Russell Wilson and and the culture that he has played a part in building out in Washington. But you have four consecutive soft matchups. Seattle, the New York Giants, the Detroit uh, Lions, and the Houston Texans. Then, after that, so again, like I said, those four soft matchups, they win them all. So, one more time, once again, we're like, oh, okay, we forget about the Arizona loss. We forget about you getting blasted at home by Arizona by 17. We forget about it. And now you have us feeling as though, oh, yeah, that's right. Y'all really are a great football team, right? Then you come out against Tennessee once again at home and you lose by 12. And then, of course, this Monday night, the San Francisco 49ers, after not winning a home game in, I want to say, about two, two and a half years, come out and blast you in your head by 21 points. So I, 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 I really don't know, bro. I don't know. Like, I don't know if this football team is good. And mind you, Mind you, this is with the addition. Monday night was with the addition of the loss of, of, excuse me, of Von Miller and of Odell Beckham Jr. Now, these guys haven't been, you know, they haven't been inactive. Now, I know Odell started the season on IR, whatever may have you, or actually he started the season out numerous weeks. The Cleveland Browns never put him on IR. But I know he started inactive to start the season. But he's been playing football for the past four, five, six weeks. So it's not like these guys are out of shape, whatever may have you. Yeah, I get it. They have to uh, figure out the game plan, things of that nature. But it's not like these guys haven't been playing football. Like It's not like these guys aren't vets. So you would expect for these guys to come in and make an immediate impact. Now, am I putting this loss on them? No, not by any means. Because this is definitely more of a team thing. I'm not challenging anything as it pertains to the greatness of Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. at all. It's more of a team thing. So again, you come out after making two of the biggest free agent signings in NFL history, really, as it pertains to one team receiving both stars. You come out and you get blasted by 21 and only have the ability to put up 10 points. So what am I to make of that? Because I'll be honest, I mean, I think the Rams are good. 
I think they are. But, I mean, every time they have a big game, with the exception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want to say, what, they've had two or three games that I would circle and say they were big games? One being Tampa Bay, one being Arizona, one being Tennessee, and then you face the San Francisco 49ers who's in your division. So what, three or four big games? And in those big games, you go one and three? I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I don't, again, I feel as though the Rams are a good team. I feel as though they're a good football team. Two weeks ago, I told you with the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller, um, I told you I felt as though they became the, the number one team in the NFC. I don't feel like that anymore, clearly. If you refer back to my top five list, I don't feel like that anymore. I know that. So I don't know what to make of it all. I'll just be honest. I'll just be honest because, yeah, you can be a good football team, but a good football team only gets you so far in the playoffs. Because now we're not talking about, you know, uh, uh, do they have a chance to make it um, MVP races? None of that stuff. Now, at this point in the season, now we're looking at playoffs because the picture is becoming, you know, a little more, a little more clear. To a certain degree, because the NFL is very, very weird right now. Very weird right now. It doesn't seem like any team has the ability ability to dominate whatever team they face on any given week. I, I get that. But but we're looking at playoffs. And we're looking to see how you stack up against other playoff contending teams. And if I'm just being transparent, I'm just gonna make this, I'm just gonna check this this one thing out real quick and then we'll move on. Because I feel like we spent too much time talking about the the Rams. But let's just take a look at this real quick. Let's see what the current NFC the current NFC standings are. So if I look at it, like I said, are you beating Green Bay? I would have to say the answer is no. Are you beating Arizona? I don't think so. You just lost to, by 17 to them. Um, are you beating Dallas? Again, I don't think so. Are you beating Brady twice in a year? Especially hypothetically if you have to go to Tampa Bay? I don't think so. So the top four teams in the NFC, in my opinion based on what I've seen in the inconsistency of play this year, you have to play the top 14, one of the top 14s in the, in the NFC. The Rams might get clipped in the first round. With the addition of Odell Beckham, with the addition of Von Miller, with Sean McVay, you know, them treating him like he's the next coming of, uh, of, of Jesus Christ himself. With Jalen Ramsey and all, all the shit he likes to talk, 
the lockdown defense that he does play at times, I get it. With the brand new stadium, all of that being taken into account, you could be clipped in the first round. And that to me doesn't bode well for somebody. Because if you come up short again this year, if you don't at the very least make it to the NFC Championship, somebody within the organization needs to have a reevaluation about the direction of the team. And you make of that statement whatever you want to make of it, but that's just the reality of the situation. Um, the Rams are on a bye this week. They come back and play Green Bay. And so if you want to show me, if you want to show me that you're a team that I can have confidence in as we get further and further in the season, respond. You get blasted by the 49ers, but then you have a bye. So you have 14 days to get prepared. Respond. Check that 13 days because they played on Monday night. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. But if you want to show me, the LA Rams want to show me, come next week, make a statement. Make a statement in Green Bay. Show me. Because as I'm looking right now, with you beating the team, uh, teams like the Chicago Bears, the Texans, the Giants, shit like that, that to me means nothing at all. So I have to see it. I'll just be honest with you. And I'll leave that there. Let's move on. I just took like a mini break and um, I just hate like I just, I hate bad vapes. Like I know, I sound like such a fiend when I be talking like that, bro. But be trying them in the store, they taste fine. But then hit them for a couple times, bro, and they just come back like they just just mid. They not pulling how they need to pull. Like for real, for real. Anyway, whatever. That's neither here nor there. That's just how I was feeling that time during my break. Motherfucker ain't pulling right for some reason. Um. I'm not going to spend much time on this. This is just going to be like a quick two or three minute uh, uh, segment or conversation. But I'll say that and then I'll end up going 15 to 20. So I, I want to kind of keep it, you know, in that range. But the Lakers and Nets are in trouble, bro. They are. Um, I'm not one of those guys. Again, this, this is why I haven't really talked much NBA. For one, I didn't want y'all to think that I was an NBA podcast, that this was an NBA podcast, because it's not. We cover all things sports, to a certain degree, music as well. Um, So I didn't want you to think that this was an NBA podcast. And another reason why I don't like covering the NBA this, this early in the season is simply because the season is so long and so many things will occur throughout, you know, the duration of the season in itself. So... That's why I haven't really, you know, touched much on the NBA. Haven't really talked about it much. We're only 15 games in, 16 games in, somewhere in that range. But listen to me. The Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers are both in trouble. Now, I know the Lakers have only had LeBron James for six games of this season. I'm aware of that. 
but it's seeming like they can't get anything going without him. And that to me is a problem because when you have a roster that includes Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, um, Russell Westbrook, THT, who just came back off an injury. When you have all of these names and you're still not winning basketball games, that to me does not bode well for the future. It doesn't. So if you're a Lakers fan, be on high alert because listen, I'm a LeBron fan. Everybody knows that I'm a LeBron fan. I've made that abundantly clear numerous times on this podcast. And if you talk to me about sports off the record, outside of this podcast, you know as well, I love LeBron. So I want nothing more but to see LeBron get his fifth ring. But right now, it's not seeming, it's not seeming possible, really. Transparently, it's not. Now, again, I'll reemphasize the point that I'm aware that LeBron James has not been available this year, so to speak. I know what LeBron James has done in the past in the playoffs. So do I feel as though he can turn it on, come playoff time, and get the Lakers where they need to get? I believe that he can. But step one is getting to the playoffs. And question one is, what happens if he's not able to turn it on? Because I've seen LeBron James try to give the reins to Anthony Davis and try to, you know, allow him to be option number one and take them over the hump. I saw it in the bubble. Now, a lot of people will say Anthony Davis is the reason they got there, got to the finals, whatever may have you. And that's fine. That is okay. Because you know what? In that statement, if you echo that sentiment, you would be 100% correct. You would. Anthony Davis did get the LA Lakers to the, to the NBA finals in the bubble. But then come finals time, game one, when LeBron James deferred, or game one or game two, whatever may have you, when he deferred to Anthony Davis and the Lakers got clipped due to the inability of Anthony Davis to be a viable option as the number one, for him to be option number one and have it translate into wins, due to the fact that he couldn't do that, LeBron James had to take over, take everything back over, which in turn resulted in the Los Angeles Lakers winning a championship. But I have to ask again, what happens if the LeBron James that we know and love and for some of us hate what happens if he's not able to turn it on? What happens if Father Tom remains undefeated? What happens if he can't even make it to the end of the season? So the Lakers should be on high alert. And for the Brooklyn Nets, listen to me. The Brooklyn Nets are almost like the Los Angeles Rams as it pertains to they win the games that, you know, against garbage teams or they win the games that they're quote-unquote supposed to win. And then when they face a challenge, they get clipped. Opening night, they lost by double digits to the Bucks. They lost to the Hornets, 
two games later, lost to the Heat. Two games after that, lost to the Bulls. And then Tuesday night, lost to the Golden State Warriors. So I pose the question again, as I did earlier with the Los Angeles Rams. What am I supposed to make of that situation? Because right now it's looking like, um, excuse me, two years ago, or excuse me, the beginning of last year, y'all were the favorites to win it all. You realize that, right? You do. You are aware that when Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, when you all, when you three joined forces in Brooklyn, you do realize y'all were the favorites to win the NBA championship, correct? And I'm not going on a Kyrie Irving rant because y'all already seen that with Stephen A. this week. And I'm not going to try and do what he did. Or I'm not going to try and do what he does. But yeah, I'm going to echo the sentiment that Kyrie Irving has sold out Kevin Durant. And I said that three, maybe four weeks ago when we, when we were talking about the vaccine and things of that nature and him, you know, not wanting to take it. I said that back then. And now it's even more clear to me because if Kyrie Irving doesn't come back, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. And again, I'm aware it's only 15 games in the season, but I'm confident in saying that. Confident in saying this because I see the way other teams in the East are playing. It's a possibility, and I'm and I'm closing this topic here. We'll go to the song of the week, and then we'll go to mailbag, and we'll get out of here. Listen, it's a possibility. If the Brooklyn Nets do not get Kyrie Irving back, there's a possibility that the Brooklyn Nets may be bouncing the second round. Do I think they'll win the first round? I do think that they'll get past the first round. But whoever they play in the second round, based on the way the East is playing, the Eastern Conference is playing currently, there's a possibility if the Brooklyn Nets stay on the same path and the same trajectory that they're on right now, there's a possibility that they could be bounced in the second round should Kyrie Irving not come back. And then to me, what that's going to do What that's going to do is going to make me reassess everything that I felt about KD coming into this season. Because listen, you all know it just took me, it took me up until about two or three months ago to forgive KD for the bullshit that he pulled when he joined, when he joined Golden State. But don't let it get to a point where we gas you up again. You feel like you, you know, hot shit. And you don't need Golden State. You get your panties in a while because Draymond called you a hoe. Excuse me. I'm not, I, I don't need to be speaking like that. I apologize. Because Draymond Green challenged you as a man. Let's say that. You get your panties in a while from that. So then you run to New York, to Brooklyn. We have all of these high expectations. You, you form a super team. You're favored to win the NBA Finals. And you get clipped. Don't let that happen. 
Because now I'm looking Because if that's the case Now I'm looking at everything That I think about KD Completely different Because a month ago I was telling you He was the best player on the planet Now Steph Curry has taken that over That's abundantly clear But I still hold Kevin Durant In that same light As a God level basketball player And if you can't get it done In the Eastern Conference With the help of James Harden I have to look at you, Kevin Durant, a little bit differently. And I'm going to leave it there because we're not an NBA podcast. And it's too early in the season. But I'm just telling y'all. Should the Brooklyn Nets not make it past the second round of the playoffs? Should the Brooklyn Nets not even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? There's a conversation to be had. About Kevin Durant And his career as a whole Really Because what did it take for you to win And I was closing But now that I'm thinking about it I just want to ask What did it take for you to win It took you joining a 73 win team When you had Westbrook You had Golden State down 3-1 And you folded Then you run You go get Harden and Kyrie Now, given I'm aware that you haven't had them for your duration of time there, but at least you've had one of them for both seasons, and it's resulted in nothing. If Kevin Durant doesn't at the very least At the very bare minimum, if he does not make the Eastern Conference Finals, we have to have a real conversation about Kevin Durant. Let's go to our song of the week. Excuse me. Our song of the week this week. um, Again, highlighting Young Dolph. um, Rest in peace. This week, our song of the week is Break the Bank featuring Offset off the Role Model Project. By Young Dolph. Hey! Ha ha ha! Ha! I don't even put my diamond around my neck. Break the bank, bitch. Broke the bank. Break the bank, bitch. Break the bank, break the bank, break the bank, bitch. Break the bank, break the bank, break the bank, bitch. I broke the bank, broke the bank, break the bank, I broke the bank. Can't complain, I broke the bank. My little bitch, she bad as fucking told the shank. Don't the turbo sound good when it crank? Quarter million for a fucking fish tank. Uh. Hitting it from behind and she say smack it. She the owner of a daycare, but she ratchet. Ratchet, ratchet. The car drive itself when I say go go gadget. Down for my niggas like Snoopy. Murder and magic. Yeah, yeah. Riding with them yappers, you can have it, man. I just picked up 50 bags out of baggage claim. None of my niggas ain't got a job like I'm Martin Payne. Trap, nigga. That's a low down, dirty shame. Hold up, break the bank, bitch. Bitch. Break the bank, bitch. Break the bank, bitch. Break the bank, bitch. I broke the bank. 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 Break the bank, b
rain. I got bird like Arthur Blaine. Double P private sent plane. You for loop, I broke your bank. You can meet my stick, get a quaint. Dominique, I swing and bang it. Get a quick cane from your rainers. Cause the top chop it off, no brainer. Hundred racks in the goyard, ain't it? For the bad P, now they get the aim. They get the gets in my wrist, stop raining. Go get the Benjamins and tame. Take them to the field and range them. I got 20 million dollar bank statement. I got a hundred million dollar worth flavor. Hundred the bitch gon' drown, don't save her. Don't save her. Rip the bag, go bang. Looking at all this cash, smoke cash. Smoking on cook, this bad potent. Hopping the rubber, your trap move over. Got two million stash in the pad in the corner. I got them dead president rolling over. I switching my fit to the dope all over. I'm holding the mill, I sprawl on my shoulder. Hold it. Break the bank, bitch. Broke the bank, Again, that was Break the Bank by Young Dolph featuring Offset. Um, so I'm going to kind of close here uh, with our mailbag segment. I'll spend a little bit more time than I did last episode because last episode I was I was rushing. Um, so I'll spend a little bit more time today um, answering you guys' questions. Um, nothing too excessive, but, you know, go into a little bit of detail. We'll move on and then we'll go ahead and wrap up for the day. Um, so question number one, is DJ more good? Um, j- just as simple as that, just as, as plain as, you know, as blunt as possible. The simple answer really is yes. This year he has 57 catches for over 700 yards. So he's on pace once again to eclipse a thousand yards for his third season consecutively. Um, I think that Cam Newton being back is going to increase his chances of reaching that milestone. And I think that he might he may finish as a top 10 wide receiver in the league once again this year. So the answer is just simply yes. I mean, DJ Moore is a is a good receiver. Um, I've been extremely tough on DJ Moore just because I feel as though when it comes to his play or his actions on the field, he hasn't been as tough as I would like to see from my wide receiver one. But at the same time, that doesn't take away from his production. So to answer your question, the answer is simply yes. DJ Moore is a good receiver, if not a great receiver. Um, how do you feel about taunting flags? So this this is a like a three-part question, um, and I'll answer it to the best of my ability. How do you feel about the taunting flags in the NFL? Do you think eventually they, be, they will be thrown out or become a normal thing? And how does it affect the sport? Um, I think that, uh, to answer the second question first, I think that the NFL is, is, is pretty stern on its stance as it pertains to these flags. I really do. Um, I don't understand the logic behind it. How does it affect the sport? It, it, it takes the fun away from the sport. I mean, we, we as consumers and as fans, we want to see guys ball out. And for me personally, so I won't even, I won't even, you know, Put us all in the same box. I won't. I'm gonna try and stop doing that as well. For me personally, I want to see somebody ball out, and I want to let that. I want to see that motherfucker, whoever's balling out. I want to let him let. I want to see him. Excuse me. Let that person know. Whoever he just did in, 
however he's feeling, I want it to be regular for them to let their nuts drag and for them to let whoever is in their general vicinity let them know how they feeling. Because that to me is football, bro. That's part of the game. That's part of the game. Um, I absolutely hate it to answer your first question. I hate it. I think it affects the sport negatively. I know that the guys in the NFL hate it because every time they're getting a taunting flag, you know they're getting fined a certain amount, whatever it may be, regardless it's affecting their pockets. So, I, I mean, I, I, I absolutely hate it. I hate the taunting flags in the NFL. I think that this is just one of the many mistakes that the NFL continues to make on a year-in, year-out basis as it pertains to, you know, officiating the sport or wherever it may have you. So, I mean, I hate the taunting flags, and I really do hope at some point they they get rid of them because it, it it's not good for the brand. It's not good for the brand. You know, you're not having as much fun if you're a player, in my opinion. You just want the guys to be robots, and that's, that's where we go awry sometimes. That's where we, you know... We make our mistakes is because we think these guys are robots, but they're really not. They're human beings. They have a job to do. And who doesn't want to have fun at the job that they're doing? That's just, I mean, that's just a simple answer to that. Um, next question. Can Cam Newton keep the energy up in Carolina and push them to the top of the NFC South? I believe so. I believe he can. Um, to, to win the NFC South... That obviously is a possibility with our schedule being the way it is. Um, I know we have we have a matchup Sunday against Washington. Then we have the bye, and then I believe we come back and play Miami, and then Atlanta. Um, or maybe it goes, we, we play Washington, We then we go and play Miami, and then we have the bye, then we play Atlanta. Um, so, you know, I, to me, in my opinion, just based on what I've seen this year, you know, that should be three wins. Um, placing us at eight and five, I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are currently at six and three. I I don't know if we'll be able to catch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I do one hundred percent feel that Cam Newton will lead us to the playoffs. I do feel that way, and I feel like if we if we make it to the playoffs, when we make it to the playoffs, I feel as though there's a lot of teams in the NFC, and I said this on FPFO this past week on Wednesday. There's a lot of teams in the NFC that don't want to see this Carolina Panther football team. And I'll leave it at that. So to answer your question, Cam keep the energy, can Cam keep the energy up in Charlotte and push them to the top of the NFC South? Atop the NFC South, to answer the question, I don't believe we'll be able to win the division, no. But do I feel as though we'll make the playoffs? Absolutely. I 1,000% do believe that. Um... Do you think the Pats will make a playoff push? And if so, how far can they go in the postseason? I'm uh, Again, I, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Um, I'm not 100% sold on the New England Patriots yet. But, I mean, they're 7-4. and four, And right now, they're playing a great brand of football. And with the way the NFL currently is, is with everybody getting clipped week in and week out, you know, we feel like we have a, a top team. They get clipped. We feel like the next week we have another top team. They get clipped. So, I mean, if the Patriots do make the playoffs, I do believe that they have the ability to make the playoffs, first and foremost, to answer your first question. And and, and it's really to be determined as it pertains to how far can they make it because 
there's so many teams that play well enough to beat other teams week in and week out in the NFL this year. So, I mean, I don't know how long, how how far they'll be able to make it. Um, do I feel like they're one of the top teams in the AFC? Absolutely not. I feel like I can probably rattle off about six or seven teams that I feel like would have a better shot to make a push at the Super Bowl than the New England Patriots. Um, but they absolutely have the ability to make it to the playoffs, and they have the ability really just, just quite simply to win their first playoff matchup. So, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to say that with 100% confidence that, you know, should they have to play that wild card game or whatever may have you, I believe they have the ability to win that game. I do. Um, and they absolutely do have the what it takes to make a playoff push. I'm not quite sure how far um, they'll be able to go in the postseason. Is Russell, next question, excuse me, is Russell Westbrook's ego going to cost him and Melo the ring that their talent deserves? I don't know if it's as much Russell Westbrook's ego more so than the way the LA Lakers are constructed, so to speak, I guess. They're they're very old and with the brand that a lot of the, uh, the brand of basketball that a lot of these teams are currently playing, I'm not sure that the Los Angeles Lakers will be able to keep up. And so for that I do not foresee the LA Lakers winning the NBA championship this year. I think there's a couple of teams that that actually have a shot. Golden State obviously being the top of that list, being at the top of that list. Um, so I'm not sure if that'll be Westbrook's ego, so to speak, um, more so than the Lakers just simply don't have enough. So I'll, I'll leave that one there. Um, last thing, last question uh, for our mailbag segment this week. Who is your NBA MVP? There's really only one correct answer to this. There is. And, and I, I, I'm just going to call you a jackass if you say anything different. The answer simply right now is through 15 games, the MVP of the NBA season has been Steph Curry. And there's no other answer to that. Again, 29 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. Um, excuse me, six rebounds, six and a half assists. Um for him, but I will say this. There's another guy that I really, really like in the MVP race. And again, y'all might think I'm crazy. Y'all might think I'm delusional or whatever. That's fine. But there's another guy I would like to highlight just because I feel like that question is really, um, it's really, we, we all know the correct answer to that question. The answer is Steph Curry. But another guy I want to highlight for you all to watch out for is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has been playing a crazy level of basketball this year. His team is winning. Um, he's averaging 25 points per game, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. And again, the Miami Heat are winning basketball games. So look out for Jimmy Butler um, to make a late push for that MVP, uh, that MVP in that MVP race. Do I believe he'll win it? Absolutely not. If I had a vote, I would have to give it to, I would have to give it to Steph Curry. So yeah, that's um that is the end of our mailbag segment. And that's really the wrap for the pod. Um best thing I saw this week is a little bit different. The best thing I saw this week was Jerry World, man. Um took a trip out to Dallas uh with my pops, my uncle, a couple of my cousins, family friends. Had an absolute blast um and really was just in amazement of that stadium. 
Never seen anything like that before. Uh, I mean, TV, I'm just going to say TV does not do it justice, bro. TV does not do does not do that stadium justice. Uh, really, just just crazy, crazy to see and experience uh, in person for my first time. Um, so yeah, man, that was the best thing that I saw this week. Um, I, again, I'll say this again. I think I done said it about two or three times. I am back in BOA Sunday to see the return of Moses, and we gonna have that bitch rocking. No cap, man. No cap. Listen, um, I do appreciate y'all for being here. Again, rest in peace, Dolph, man. Rest in peace, Dolph. Young legend, bro. 36 years old. That's why I say earlier, I hate hip-hop, bro. Shit just so sad. For real, for real. Family, kids, you know, etc. Just sad. Very, very sad uh, occurrence, bro. Really. Um... But yeah, bro, listen, I appreciate you tuning in. Again, you don't follow the, the pages. You don't follow us on socials. IG at Goodies and Two Shoes. IG at G2S Good Talk Pod. Twitter at two underscore goodies. TikTok at two underscore goodies. YouTube Goodies and Two Shoes. Appreciate you tuning in. I will talk to y'all next week. You know the vibes. G2S the lifestyle, G2S the way, G2S the motherfucking movement. We out of here. Peace. Pull up in your city, we rock shit. I'm in the streets where the hitters at. I'm in the streets where the dealers at. I'm in the session where all the bad bitches at. Hey. I see it all over his face. Yeah, I got racks in the safe. Yeah, I'm fucking on your back. Never keep dope where you lay. Keep a Draco or AK. Drippy, 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 I'm letting this rock, man. I'm letting this rock to close us out, bro. Rest in peace, Dolph. Private jet out the country. Just to go shopping, eat lunch. Foreign hoes, I got a bunch. Codeine, sweet tea. I call that a tropical punch. I miss the gelato with the lemon tree. I call that a tropical blunt. I get a green light and you done. Hey, come in, Lamar, where you from? All of that ass, you the bum. All of that ass, you the bum. And take this money, get on the plane. I need you to go get a bum. I put it in East St. Laurent. I put 70,000 in my charm. I put 50 rounds in my trunk. I was selling dope. I ain't go to prom. What'd he say? But I got rich anyway, so motherfuck the prom. Little mama got ass for days. And I got cash for days. That fake shit, I can relate. Hey, I see it all over his face. Yeah, I got Rex in the safe. Yeah, I'm fucking on your back. Never keep dope where you lay. Keep a Draco or AK. Drippy, 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 drippy. Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Fuck with me. Todd, Todd, Todd. This is the end of our episode, and thank you as always for tuning in. If you haven't already, follow us and connect with us on social media. Instagram at goodies and two shoes, Twitter at two underscore goodies, 
TikTok at goodies dot the letter N the number two dot shoes and on YouTube at goodies and two shoes. Also, if you get a chance, please like this episode, drop a comment, leave a review, four or five stars. If you're not rocking with us that much, then okay, let us know why. Give us one star, two stars, however you're feeling. All feedback is good feedback. Again, thank you very, very much for tuning in, and I can't wait to talk to you all soon. Peace.